With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines. Gonna get me a 10-point buck with 11-inch Welcome back to hour number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing open lines tonight, folks. Uh, we want to talk to you about what's on your mind, uh, any questions you may have about uh, various wildlife occurrences going on around the region, questions about fishing, anything outdoor-wise. We'll do our very level best to Answer your questions in that regard. The numbers, as usual, are 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I mentioned in the first hour a good bit about the trees and what this drought cycle is doing to a lot of the trees. And I'm sure if you've been out, whether you've been fishing or hunting or hiking, you've probably noticed in the last five days or so, especially if you're in the central to northern part of the state where this drought's got a stranglehold on us, how many of the leaves are falling. And there's some other things that are going on with that that I think we should mention here, one of which is some of the available food sources for squirrels and what have you, like the... uh, Maple seedlings that fall off this time of year, uh, they are so dried out that they're just falling like crazy. And it's uh, it's a situation where a lot of the trees are starting to drop nuts that are less than ideal. Uh, however, I will say there's a very early drop of red oak acorns in certain areas around the region that have got the deer... Uh, going to those to that mast in a, in a big way. So if you're used to hunting around different types of food sources and you're not seeing deer, you may want to consider diving in and, and finding out if there isn't some oaks dropping acorns in your area because they've definitely started in many of the properties that I've managed and have scouted. So I just wanted to pass that along. Again, the number is 
1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Bo. Bo, you're first up in hour number two. Welcome aboard, sir. Uh, how you doing, Jim? I'm hanging in there, partner. Hope you are. I'm happy to be alive. I'm up on 11 Acre Hill here, overlooking Mercer County, and uh, we've got a drought going on. No, a little grass and no acorns. What acorns we do have are very small. Yeah, I've noticed that the acorns that I've been observing are, are smaller than average as well. They do have decent meat in them, but they're smaller than average, and that, that kind of puzzles me a little bit because during the early part of the cycle, Lord knows they had enough rain to to set a good nut. Some of the trees did not uh, develop uh, nuts because I'm – very suspicious that the pollen was washed off in all those repeated rainstorms we had all through the spring. But in the, the trees that did produce, I'm like you, the nuts are a little smaller than I expected to see. Well, last year we had all the trees produced. Some years we just had a couple, you know, some produced more than others. And then last year almost all of them produced. And this year it's, 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 they're scarce. Yep. It's spotty. So. Okay, and you're in what area, Bo? I'm we're in southwest Mercer County. Okay, over in Mercer. Okay, very good, sir. What do you have any EHD reports? For, your, I'm sorry. No, I haven't seen anything. I've seen plenty of healthy deer. Um, haven't seen anything sick. Nothing around the waterway. Um, I just want to ask everybody not to throw their cigarette butts out the um, windows if you're in this area. Okay. Please don't do it. But definitely don't do it now. Amen on that, man. It's dry. It's bad here. Yes, sir. Well, that's an excellent, yeah. excellent warning for folks because it's like we said earlier in the program. You drop one out now, it could cause a big problem. Or a hot muffler on some tall grass. You could have yourself an issue. Yes, sir. Okay, Bo, I sure appreciate the update. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, next up is Keith. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Jim, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm back in my uh, truck again, but I, I went up uh, to uh, Frankfort, Michigan to fish for a uh, coho salmon that was staging in the Pepsi and over in the Platte Bays. And I want to watch, I'm using a seven-and-a-half-foot pool with 10-pound test line and a Rapala fishing the Pepsi, is what they call it. Remember, Jim, you can... You could toss a stone across it; it's so narrow. So what I did was I took my John boat up, and uh, what I did, I turned the boat around so the bow is facing up up the stream. I cast a, a rapala, a forage rapala. It was orange and green with a black stripe, and just followed that thing back. And I tell you what, I got two thirty-five pound coho. I got a couple 20-pound coho, a couple 30-pound coho. Five days, I got 11 coho. But I'll tell you what, you talk about exciting. I probably lost 20 coho. You know, I couldn't keep them on the line. But looking into a coho salmon in, in a river, well, it's more like a creek. It's an exciting thing to do. Have you ever done that, Jim? Uh, yes, sir, I have. Uh, I fished up in uh, Michigan in some of those rivers that run in and and it is some kind of yep. fun, like you're describing. We we caught uh, kings and, and uh, steelhead on the trip I was on. We were up at St. Joe, fished the St. Joe River, and uh, had a blast. It's, it's a special Yeah, well, I, I did get four kings. i tell you what, those kings, well, you know, it's just, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I
Well, you talk about a fight in uh, well in Washington. It's, it's the hook into a king. Holy Cadill Hoppers. <laughs> but you know what? I'm surprised, Jim. They, they're usually silver. But, uh, they, you know, when they come to the shallow waters and all that, they turn like a real dark, like olive green. Right. Yes, sir. So, but, oh, it was fun. What a rush. It's the first time I ever fished uh, for salmon like that. Normally, I'm on downriggers and jade plugs and spoons. But, uh, boy. That was exciting. Well, okay, thanks for your time. I just wanted to share that with you, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it. What river were you fishing again? The Betsy. Betsy? The Betsy is, yeah, the Betsy in Frankfurt, Michigan. Okay. Very good, sir. Well, that's, I, I that sounds like you had too much fun. I'm glad you had a good trip, sir. All right, let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob, you're up. Hey, Jim, how are you, sir? I'm faring pretty well. How about you? Good, good. Uh, start out by telling you I'm not a hunter, never been a hunter, but I, I uh, am learning a lot about deer. I live off of uh, Dorsey and Shovel Road, just right by Hurstborn Lane, Shovel Road. And I have as many as, I've counted as many as 12 deer in my backyard certain some nights. I've seen uh, a buck here recently that I've I, tried to count, but I'm going to guess it was about a 12-point. And uh, my only question for you is, I know a a couple years ago I planted a bunch of uh, new trees and lost several of them to the deer rubbing up against them. And I'm just curious, when should we start protecting our trees? How long? Uh, Any any advice you got on that? Because I've replanted and I know Sometimes in the falls when they uh, have that habit of doing tearing up the trees, but I don't even know what that's called. Yes, sir. Uh, that's when they're starting to build up their neck muscles and or rubbing the velvet off of their antlers. But the primary rubbing that they're doing, they call them rubs in hunting vernacular, um, is when they're working their antlers against those saplings and smaller trees or or in the case of a very mature buck, a, a big tree, uh, they're trying to build up their neck muscles to prepare for the fighting that goes on during the breeding season or rut. So okay. you'll see the peak of that starting, oh, here in a couple of weeks, about mid-October is when they really start getting riled up and the testosterone starts to build up in their systems. A lot of folks don't realize that male Deer are like a eunuch most of the year. Uh, their testicles don't even drop until about the time they get into hard horn or hard antler. And that's uh, the period when that testosterone keeps building. And it's a pretty amazing process, really. It, it uh, keeps them from dying from wounds that perhaps they would normally succumb to. Uh, there's just... Uh, some factors about what happens when they build up that much testosterone so rapidly. And uh, the way to protect those trees, the best way is to put uh, PVC sleeves over them. Um, You can, you know, cut a slit in it, bend it back, and put it on there. Uh, You can do the same thing with um, plastic, uh, uh, like what you use to extend a gutter. You know, the, right, the corrugated right. uh, plastic, 
that uh-huh. that works quite well too, and that's really the best way to to protect them. Then it doesn't uh, hurt the tree. You just put it up to about chest height, and that should negate any of the problems you're having with them destroying those new trees. And you said start that about mid October and wrap them. Uh, I'd go ahead and wrap them now. Okay. Because they're right. they're going to be doing some rubbing to get rid of the velvet and once. Once they start that, they continue to escalate that activity. So we're at at that point now where most of them are out of velvet and starting to rub, and it'll increase. But as you know, it won't take a deer 30 minutes to rim wreck one of your trees. So right. uh, yep. I'd suggest you get on with it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I do, too. Uh, we got to go to break here, folks. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties. Hart Realty, Paul Thomas is the broker there, and he's got all kind of really nice hunting properties for sale right now. Got a bunch of cabins and outdoor properties on creeks and lakes around the region. He's got one great big property over in Lewis County, Kentucky, that's got bear, deer, uh, turkey, and all kind of wildlife on it. I'd like you to peek at their website because you can get a handle on all the different properties they have and what Paul can do for you if you're wanting to sell your property. So check them out at mopartrealty.com. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Open lines, the numbers, 571-8484-1800-444-8484. I got Matt and Henry on hold, however, in the interim, I was sent a message from Brian Flood down in uh, Breckridge County area, down near Stevensport, where he had a buck wandered up uh, into his yard, and it was very delirious, out of out of sorts. He could barely stagger around and walk, and uh, he said it was a really ugly scenario and wanted to pass that along, and I've unfortunately happened on some of these deer and it is it's it's horrible he sent me a picture and this this deer is uh in really bad shape it's down to skin and bones and uh, i suspect it probably be dead before dark from what i'm seeing here all right let's go to matt uh yes matt you're up hey jim how you doing buddy i'm doing fine sir i hope you're doing well i'm doing well thank you hey i've got a problem with uh Coons getting into my uh, corn piles. I mean, what can I do to deter them? They're just, I looked, I had 1,300 pictures on my trail camera, and I'd say 98% of them were raccoons, and the deer would come in, and the coons would get up on their hind legs and keep the, trying to keep the deer away. I, I just don't know what to do. Any suggestions? Well, you're going to have to wait till trapping season to deal with it, and they're real easy to eradicate uh, using those canine-proof uh, leg traps. It's it's a pipe trap that uh, dogs can't get or cats don't get caught in. It's a a type of a pipe where you put the bait and peanut butter or sardine are the best baits I've found in the bottom of the pipe. And as the coon sticks his uh, uh, leg down in there to retrieve it, it, it you know, catches it. You have to stake them down, obviously, so they don't carry the trap off. But uh, you can catch three or four a night doing that, and and pretty well 
take care of that problem, but you're going to have to wait till trapping season opens. Yeah, I mean, I've got a bunch of friends where I hunt that are big coon hunters, world-class coon hunters, but I don't want them down there messing around with, you know, where I'm deer hunting until after deer season. So I guess I'll just have to wait and deal with it. Yeah, I will tell you, coon hunting at night really doesn't disturb deer the way you think it might. Um, so, okay. uh, you know, as long as they're not in there night after night, uh, right. a one-time shot might be a real good idea, but, um, I have seen evidence that, that coon hunting is not the detriment to deer like a lot of folks think it is for what that's worth, Matt. Okay. All right. All right. We'll just, we'll just wait. Thank you, sir. Okay. I appreciate your call. Let's go to Henry. Yes, Henry, you're up. How you doing, Jim? I'm in there, buddy. How about you? I'm making it pretty good. I ain't had a chance to be out a lot. My mom got pretty sick, but uh, I started getting my wheels back under me there last week and was out at a local lake and found a deer deceased right in the edge of the waterway. Okay. And I've got about uh, eight living here real close to my house, but all them look healthy. I mean, they're usually out here every night in my yard. Okay, where are they you? The, what part? Uh, what part are you calling from, Henry? Henry County. Henry County. Okay. Yep, right off seventy one. In fact, I can hear the interstate running as I'm speaking to you. I got you. So well, I've got about seven or eight here, and they all look healthy. They all look really good too. I got one eight ten pointer, another six pointer, and two does with two fawns. I see. Well, I hope they make it through this. Henry is one of the counties where it's been reported, of course, and I've got several friends in Henry who have skated through it so far, but i got others where they've, you know, reported some dead deer. So, again, this thing's kind of spotty, and we're just going to have to ride it out and see what this does going forward. I just wish to goodness this weather would break and give us some healing rain and flush these uh, – dried up creeks and ponds to where maybe we can get this thing turning the other direction, but there doesn't look I'd to be say, much relief in sight now, Henry, that's for sure. Uh, the waterways I've been on around here locally when I have it been up north and in Tennessee, they're, uh, they're really stagnant. I mean, they are about bad as you'll ever see, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and the, and the mean, really stagnant. That and the creeks are down to about nothing, and yeah, they ain't even hardly running. Yep, there, there's just uh, a whole lot of bad things going on with that. There's undoubtedly been fish kills in a lot of the smaller creeks because of less yeah. water. Henry, I appreciate the call, and I hope okay. your mother, I hope your mother does better, partner. All right, all right, thanks, Jim. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thank you. This, All right, bye-bye. The break is presented by SMI Marine. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, folks, open lines, 571-8484-1800-444-8484. like to change gears a little bit and talk about some other wildlife observations that I would like to pass along. And um, I think they're pretty spot on in terms of what's going on at this particular time. All the squirrel hunters that I've talked to 
and I've talked to a bunch because I'm a really avid squirrel hunter. I like hunting them during the early part of the season, and I love chasing with my little dog later in the year, are reporting a really large bumper crop of, of squirrels this time. And it's uh, both species, gray and fox squirrels, but the grays in particular seem to have really, really uh, done a huge reproductive effort that extended all the way through the summer. Uh, several friends of mine that have been out recently are reporting really small gray squirrels, and I've been observing the same thing. And by small, I mean not even half-grown uh, that are out. A uh, good buddy of mine, Jeff Spainair, was out uh, yesterday and c- killed his limit. And uh, he said some of the squirrels were extremely small for this time of year. And we do see that somewhat, but there's large numbers of them in this go-around. is something that I thought uh, is well worth passing along as we move into a little cooler weather. There's nothing more fun or in some ways more productive than prowling the woods with your favorite squirrel rifle or shotgun and bagging some squirrels while you look for deer sign. And I plan on doing quite a bit of that as things hopefully start to cool down here before long. October is my favorite time of year to prowl around like that, and it's it's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, you're next up, sir. Hello, Jim. This is Gary from Elkmont, Alabama. Colin, how are you doing? Hey, man. How are you? Yeah, it's trying to get that time of the year where I can get you guys down here. Um, hey, the counties I hunt in Tennessee are the last two counties on either side of Interstate 65, heading south. And we're getting that chronic wasting disease down here a little bit. I was wondering about where you guys are. How's it been up there? We've not seen any of it yet, and everybody's holding their breath hoping that it doesn't come. Uh, what are they doing to deal with that in your area down there? What's Tennessee? Well, where I live, I'm, I'm seeing from, from a two states' perspectives. I live in Alabama, but I hunt both states. And both states are not allowing deer um, with the bone in them. It has to be entirely dressed out, you know, processed, before you can bring meat from a deer from another state into, into Alabama or Tennessee. And that's that's it right there. Okay, they're not doing any other protocol besides requiring that. Well, I mean, you're talking about just bringing flesh, no bones. Um, right. If you're bringing a, a set of antlers in, I guess it's. I hadn't hadn't encountered that one yet, just because I just had it for a year. But I think it's, just, um, it's going to have to be processed out, you know, mounted in everything outside of your area. I don't think you can bring the hide and skull and bones in because that that bone can carry the the disease. Right, right. Okay. What uh what's your old mass crop down like down your way? Well I was in the woods around Lynchburg, Tennessee yesterday morning and it's it's not bad. Nuts are starting to drop some. Uh, I had one of my young squirrel dogs out for the first time and uh saw one squirrel but down here our leaves are still so heavy it's 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 just about impossible to see one unless it's just really bouncing around the trees. Right, right. And uh, how about drought? Are you all in bad drought down there as well? It's starting to hit. Sure is. Um, I know that the county I live in, they 
grow a lot of corn and soybeans and cotton. And uh, you can definitely tell when they're harvesting a field from a mile or two sometimes when it's dust clouds are coming up. Right. Yeah, it's like that up here when they're running beans and corn. It looks like some kind of a whirling dervish off in the distance. And and it's 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 yeah. dangerously dry here. I, I had mentioned earlier in the broadcast about the specter of wildfires. I hope everybody is very, very cognizant that it's a dangerous dangerous situation right now in terms of wildfire potential. And, and uh, we just, man, we need rain horribly up here, and we're having a big EHD die off uh, uh, in certain areas, yeah. especially over in southern Indiana. Over in southern Indiana, it's very pervasive. It's spotty in Kentucky, but it's in a whole lot of counties, and I'm I'm a little suspicious that the numbers of deer that are dying are larger than people realize because not too many people are getting out because of the 90-degree weather we've been having. So, is there... No, there's, there's no way you can ever know, know all of them that have died. No. Hey, just a quick question for you, because I know you got others waiting. A year or two ago, you had a game warden that had I've been involved in busting one of your commissioners up there for baiting ducks, duck hunting. Yes, sir. It was on the borderline of a. Is that game warden still around with the state of Kentucky? I hope he is. He is. He is. And uh, that's good. There was some justice on that. That commissioner uh, had resigned, and and the commissioner, uh, the head of the agency, had resigned, and uh, uh, the colonel had resigned. There was a pretty good purge of. Uh, folks that had had knowledge of or had been in, directly involved in the cover up on that, and and that was one of, those, one of those deals where justice seems to have been served pretty well. I think they're lucky the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service didn't get in there and hit them with federal charges too on those migratory species. Well, they looked into that, and the feds uh, feds played a big role in determining that there had been. Uh, a misdeed by that, I mean, placing of bait, but the federal law that covers that doesn't cover baiting to prohibit another hunter from hunting. But Kentucky has a law that applies there, and and as a result of the Fed's investigation where all the evidence was brought forward, um, it was determined that that indeed it was a setup and that that, uh, it was intentional, so... Some heads rolled over it, and I was glad to see it because that was a pretty ugly scenario. Yes, sir. And then the last thing, a week or two back, I was able to listen to your show a little bit, and I heard you talking about the relocation of the elk herd there in Kentucky and there's basically a travesty of justice, it sounds like. And I know we wouldn't have them in Tennessee if we hadn't got them from you guys, but I hope we don't have that happen with us. I do, too. There's been so many problems with that elk situation that a lot of people are sick about and it's it's upset a lot of people that enter into the elk draw because anyone you talk to over there in the elk unit it will tell you we don't have as many elk as the department tries to tell everybody we have uh, that's number one the guides the outfitters the wildlife photographers the folks that live in the region are are very very upset about that and then there's been some misdeeds in the way the elk a uh, drawing has been done, and some organizations getting repeated uh, elk tags awarded to them in deference to other organizations that were just as deserving. And 
it's been a mess, to be honest about it. It's it's pretty well, disconcerting. The boy who's, who's not from there and just listens to your show, it, it reeks that people got bucks. They're, they're, they're using their connections there to me. Well, that's that's pretty well. The, that puts the nail on the head, and it's unfortunately so much of it anymore is all about the money. It's not about conservation. It's yeah. about it's about politics and money, and it breaks my heart to see that. Yeah. But we're we're to hold them accountable as best we know how. Yes, sir. Well, keep going, and to your sponsors, I really enjoy listening to your show. Five hundred hey, miles away. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, partner. I hope you have a great season. You too. Bye. All right, let's go to Eli, who's been patiently holding. Hey, Eli, you're up. Uh, hello, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and I just wanted to ask you, what is the best kind of lure if you're fishing from the bank in late summer? All right, and this is for bass, I assume? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, well, there are several things that will work. One of my favorites is we move forward from right now, especially in small lakes and ponds, is a buzz bait. Uh, buzz baits are really good for drawing strikes from fish that are probing the banks looking for whatever's there, frogs, uh, grasshoppers, etc. And they do an excellent job of triggering strikes in fish that might not hit otherwise. Um, as the weeds and stuff start to recede, plastic frogs or a frog-type imitation in and around those aquatic weeds is a great way to go, but you need real strong line and a stiff, fairly stiff rod to, uh, you know, hook up on those bass that will hit that. Uh, I like to go with braided line for that particular technique, and 40- to 50-pound test braid is is, uh, pretty essential to driving the hook home if you're fishing that way. And I don't know if you've ever done that, Eli, but it's – it's really fun. You're twitching that frog along, and all of a sudden there's a explosion, and uh, you set the hook, and it's game on. It's it's a lot of fun. And then surface baits are real good at, at dawn and dusk. Um, a uh, regular floating rapala is excellent for drawing fish up in shallow water areas, and a lot of the fish are starting to take advantage of that shallow water uh, bait fish movement right now, so... Those are some of the easiest things I would suggest. And small rattle traps uh, is another real good bait this time of year if you don't have a lot of problem with aquatic weed. Does that kind of help you out, partner? Uh, yes, thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, let us know how you're doing, buddy. I, I, I'd love to hear from you again. i got to go to a quick break here, folks. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Go see them. They'll take great care of you. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. And we're back. Got a bunch of y'all lined up here. Let's go to uh, Rick. Yes, Rick, you're up. Yeah, I was listening earlier. You were telling the gentleman with the problem with the raccoons at the feeders. Yes, sir. You use a tube pipe for a trap. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he needs a, a trapping license to do that. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't know if you mentioned that or not, and I wouldn't. Want anybody to go out and think they could just do that to eradicate them without a uh, license and get in trouble over it? And uh, wanted to verify that that was correct. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> folks need to check those regulations with uh, Fish and Wildlife on that. Right. 
Nobody. Well, that's all I was interested in. Uh, other than I just saw a couple of deer cross the road into my property in there to go. They look pretty healthy. Come out in Franklin County. Good deal. <laughs> yeah, my dog. Going. All right, well, I'll let you get to the rest of the callers. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's go to Calvin. Yes, Calvin, you're up. Hey, Jim, it's Calvin Coomer. How are you? Hey, bud, I hadn't heard from you in a while. You doing all right? I, I'm doing fine. Just been been busy with these girls, playing sports in school and and working, you know. But uh, been out in the woods a few times. and It uh, doesn't look uh, – I've seen a lot of things that don't look good, you know, and – but um, found a lot of dead deer, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of a widespread thing here. And uh, I don't know what uh, what you've heard, but I've got buddies in Illinois and Missouri and Iowa, and they're experiencing the same situations. You know? Are they really? I heard that that uh, yeah. there was some hitting in Missouri. How pervasive do you think it is in your? Immediate area, Calvin. Well, it's been going on now for about a month, and you know where I took you squirrel hunting and stuff, and Mike's, and uh, we've been finding them there. And, and uh, actually, he found one uh, yesterday that I was there uh, the day before checking my trail cameras, and and uh, found a doe yesterday. It hadn't been been down very long; still had bubbles in, but it was in a creek and. All the creeks are stagnated around here, and it's uh, it's, it's been they've been hit hard. And I got a lot of buddies that are finding good bucks, you know. That's uh, you know good class deer that it's uh, perished from this. And uh, I just I know we've been hit hard here in Southern Indiana, and but I know it's in Illinois and Iowa and, and Missouri, in parts of Kentucky. I, I've talked. Guys that I know down there, so uh, it's just across the Midwest, and uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. You know, for our DNR to reduce the re, uh, deer reduction as quick as they have before season ever come in, there's you know that they know there's something wrong. So yeah, they're pretty much on top of it. I was pleasantly surprised that they went ahead and bit the bullet and reduced those. Antlerless tags, and I guess, as I was mentioning earlier, you need to even take it beyond that on properties that have been hard hit by taking it in your own hands and staying off the trigger if it's, you feel like it's, uh, you know, rim wrecked your immediate area, which it sounds like it certainly has over near where you are. What counties have you uh, seen these deer in, Calvin? Just in your immediate area, or have you been rambling about? Well, I. I've been in Washington and Harrison County, and then I got buddies in, in Clark and in Scott County, and and uh, Clark County's been hit hammered pretty hard. But you you can go down the roads, and, and you know, in some time, you know, and with your windows down, and you may not see them, but you can smell them. And uh, you know, they're not just going to water; they're going to cool, shady areas, you know, trying to get the cooler spots because they're, they're burning up with that fever. And uh, um, a lot of people are finding them in brush, you know, down low where you know it's cool and stuff. So right, it's it's gonna it's a lot a lot worse than people I think have realized. Until people start getting out in the woods, like you said, 
and start looking. It's it's going to surprise a lot of people. I've had some good deer on good deer on camera that haven't showed back up for about three weeks now. Yeah, so I'm worried. You know, I'm hearing that from a lot of guys, Calvin. Well, you're boots on the ground kind of guy, and I know your report's accurate because of how well I know you know the terrain and stuff. So I really appreciate your report. Keep me posted, will you? Okay. I'll do that. I'm. Uh, you take care and get a hold of me, and we'll get out this fall. That sounds great, partner. I appreciate it very much. Folks, that's about all for now. Check us out on Facebook at Jim Strader Outdoors, and you can get my shows on podcasts at Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, Jim Strader Outdoors. God bless, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.